Good morning. How's everybody doing 20 degrees colder than yesterday? Was that a shock for your system? I thought yesterday felt great from a temperature perspective, but, and I guess if you were a duck, you're probably just happy with it all the way around, right? But uh, not today. It's a little bit colder. So glad to have you here today to join us for worship. We are in kind of the final week of a series, kind of something special in and of itself. Um, We've been studying over the last couple of weeks uh, this series called What's Next, where we kind of just said, look, in the first week we talked about the idea that, that we are renewed in the Lord and that we have to take a step toward Him to find that renewal, right? It's there. It's available. He's offered it to us. He gave His life for it. And, but we have to take a step toward him in order to, to find that. Much like the, the uh, prodigal son who, who leaves his father and, and goes off and does his own thing, his father's ready, excited to greet him when he comes back, right? That's, that's our father, but he had to come back. And that's one of those steps we have to take. And then last week, we talked specifically about a whole host of steps, a whole list of things and ideas that, that wherever you are on your journey with God right now, we hope that you can find a way to take that next step in your journey with Him, whatever that may be. I even had a couple of people stop me this week that run some ministries here at the church that said, you know, we've got opportunities. Um, my, my wife is great about telling me we've got opportunities in the guest experience team, those people that greet you in the mornings and say hi and have welcome tags on. We'd love to have more people there. Uh, some, Keith stopped me this morning to talk about security. Did you know we have a security team? We do. We do. We have a security team. Uh, and, and that's simply for one reason. It's to provide peace for those who are here knowing that, yes, our Lord is watching over us. And uh, just as Nehemiah said we needed to go pray and then he put guards on the wall, right? We're doing the same. We're praying and knowing that our Lord will watch over us, but we also have guards on the wall because we think it's wise to do that. Um, Keith has got some information. We're going to have a meeting coming up with some formal training. So if you're interested in being part of the security team, um, Keith would love to talk to you, or Bill would love to talk to you and get you involved with that. Are there any other ministries that you feel like you have a volunteer opportunity you'd like to? Yes. Okay, so always looking for people for fellowship. If you like to plan events, if you like to make food, if you like to play games, right? If you like to involve and engage others and see them have fun too, fellowship would love to have you involved. Anybody else? Do you need any teachers? Yes. She can always use teachers. Yeah, and storytellers. Paula could always use teachers and storytellers for our children's ministry. Um, we are also looking for a new lead for our children's ministry. Paula has been serving in that role and others for how many? Okay, at the end of your three-year term, but you've been serving as the leader of that for we're not going to count the number of years, right? It's just time for a new season. So if, if you feel called to teach children, um, we would love to talk to you. If you're a member of our body, we would love to talk to you and see what God has planned for you. We don't know what that might look like. So, Our daily bread, an opportunity to engage with our daily bread. If you've never been there, it is a great and totally low-stress way of engaging people and, and teaching them a little bit about what love and grace 
and acceptance looks like, right? And just being a blessing onto them in some small way that you'd be surprised what God can do with a small, just a small investment from us. He can multiply it in incredible ways, right? Yes. Yes. But um, you cannot believe how many people that go there to eat or pray. I've been praying for my husband and prayed for my mom. That's right. You know, they pray for us too. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how when you invest in the kingdom of God, how it returns a hundredfold <laughs> what, you, what, what little bit you put into it, right? Isn't that amazing? I was having that discussion with somebody last night, in fact. So any others? before we keep moving. I want, I want us to know that there are steps. Yes? Um, the women's ministry is going to be having a soul care Saturday. A soul care Saturday. some folks to be on that committee. Okay. So Nita's looking for people who would love to be involved in the women's ministry as they put together soul care Saturday, right? For women. For women to work on helping them grow in their connection to the Lord and to one another and to, to themselves is what it sounds like, right? Okay. Awesome. Facilities? You need facilities help? Well, yeah, there's just projects around that we can also help with. Absolutely. Did you know we, we keep a constant list of things that need to, go, need to happen or need to be fixed around here? You know, things need to be fixed in a building, right? How many of you have a house? <laughs> right? It's a constant. You have to keep up with it. So if you know how to paint, uh, Mike Kennedy, who's not here today, comes in like every two months, and he opens up all the light panels in the back and empties out all the dead flies. <laughs> right? Seems like nobody thinks of that until you go, ooh, right? And he totally takes care of it, of his own free will and volition just because he's trying to serve. I think that's amazing. We have a million of those kinds of things that could be done, right? That could be, and some bigger than, some bigger than others, right? Okay? Anybody else? Because I didn't give you a chance to say those things last week. I just said you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. There's lots of ways to take a step, and I would encourage you to do that. Today's topic is about one step in particular, and that step is baptism. We've taken, we've chosen to take this day and call it Baptism Sunday to encourage those who have been, whose hearts have been moved, who the Lord has been working on, and maybe you just couldn't figure out the right opportunity or the right time, or you were nervous or whatever. We decided to just put it on the calendar and say, you know what? This day, this is a good day. Now, does that mean this is the only day we will baptize you? Are you kidding me? If you're ready to move forward with the Lord, I will baptize you on a Tuesday at 3 a.m. Now, the tub will be cold. I'm just telling you. But hey, if you're up for it, I'm up for it, right? We would do that. We want to see you move forward with the Lord. So I don't want there to be any mistake in that if you come next week and say, I'm ready to be baptized, we can make that work, right? We can make something happen. It's not a one-time deal. But if your heart is moved today, we already have a couple of people that are going to be baptized today. They're going to choose, also have chosen to place membership today, which is a powerful thing and a separate step in and of itself. Um, but if you feel during the course of as we're talking about this, because we're going to look at Jesus' baptism. If, you're, if you feel moved, don't be shy. The water is warm today. It's a great opportunity. It's really warm today. I mean, it's been on all night. It's, super, it's fabulous. It's like a hot tub. See? Doesn't get any better than this, right? I don't want to find you in the hot tub later, Randy. All right. So 
All right, so we're going to look at Jesus' baptism. Why would we look at that? Well, we, we would look at that because part of the reason that we do it is because who did it first? Jesus. It's the example that he set. That's the example that we're all trying to understand and grasp, and in a lot of ways, chase to try to pursue him and understand his righteousness and the, the decisions he makes and why he makes them and to do what he did as we grow closer in likeness to him in approaching our God. So let's take a look at that. If you'd open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, we're going to read verses 13 through 17. And it says this, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John, to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, Allow for it now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up and immediately from the water, he went up immediately from the water, and the heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This this is my son with whom I am well pleased. I don't know about you, but those are words I would love to hear from God, right? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. I don't know that it gets any better than that, and yet, and Jesus is, it's announced by the Lord before all who are there to see, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. I'm, I want to first focus, though, on this, this simple phrase that starts at this because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. It's interesting the way he says that. We're doing this now. Allow it now because this is the way to fulfill all righteousness. Help me, help me understand. What is he doing? He's showing up. He's coming down to the base of the Jordan River, right? He's being baptized by John the Baptist, who, by the way, didn't get that name until a few hundred years later, right? <laughs> or later. He was not called John the Baptist. They didn't walk up to him and say, hey, you're John the Baptist, right? He was probably John the crazy guy who wore camel hair and ate locusts and honey and baptized people, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. John, who loves the Lord. John, who has known the Lord since the very beginning. In fact, the story is that John knew the Lord in the womb, right? When he was in the womb, he leapt for joy, when Mary walked in pregnant with Jesus, right, leapt in his mother's womb. John has known who this man is and what he was going to mean to this world from the very beginning, right? And yet, he, this guy shows up, walks to the river, says, hey, I need you to baptize me. If Jesus walks up to you and says, hey, I need you to baptize me, what's your first response? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> right? That is, that is crazy. I would never think that, right? That, that he would ask me to do that. I would probably just have a heart attack. I would probably crumble and just fall over, and that would be it, because I wouldn't know what to do with that. But let's, let's stop for a minute and, and talk about just the, the act, just the act of being um, dunked underwater, essentially. At, at its core, that's what it is. You're being dunked underwater, now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, if somebody tried to dunk me underwater, it was usually my brother, right? 
And it wasn't for anything holy or righteous, right? That wasn't the reason. So this act, this very simple thing, this idea of being dunked underwater in and of itself, does it have any value? Well, it does, but let's say Jesus wasn't involved. Let's say you dove underwater, right? Let's say somebody tripped you and pushed you underwater like your brother. What? To be underwater? No, it doesn't become natural unless, how many of you have gills? Have you learned to breathe with gills? Working on that, right? Working on that. The, 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 the truth is that, that the water itself, or being dunked under the water itself, is a very simple thing. It happens every time we go swimming, right? It's just water. It's just water. So if it's just water, then how does Jesus having this done fulfill righteousness? What makes it special? Him. There's only one thing that makes this special for Jesus, and that is the reality that He is the Lord. And God has an amazing power. If God says something is holy, then guess what? It's holy. You know, in, in the book of Acts, Peter refuses to eat some things. He says, I'm not eating that. That'll soil me. That'll make me dirty. That'll... And, and, and God says, uh, if, in a dream, says, hey, if, if I said it's clean, guess what? It's clean. Who are you to say it's dirty? Right? Next time, if you're a small child, next time you get covered in dirt and run in the house and your mom says you're filthy, go, God says I'm clean. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That was bad advice from the pastor. Do not do that. But it's interesting that God has that power, and I don't know that we always give him that power. I don't know that we always recognize that God can take simple, simple, simple things that we would consider irrelevant or unholy and make them holy and give them value. Let me give you an example. In the, in the, in the book of Exodus, chapter 4, Moses is, has a stick in his hand. It's, that's what it is. It's a big stick in his hand. And God takes this stick, this staff that he was just using to walk along with, and he does what with it? Any guesses? He turns it into a serpent. Turns it into a serpent for a purpose, as a sign and a wonder. And, and, and yes, if you turn it into a serpent, I'd probably run, right? How many of you want a snake thrown at your feet? Brittany does, of course, weirdos. All right, but it's, it's a stick. At its core, it's a stick. We see in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see David pick up five small, tiny, smooth rocks, the kind you skip across the water, and he does what with it? He kills a giant and saves a nation. Not because David's special, not because the rocks are special, but because God says, I will make these holy for this moment. I have a value in this, and I'm making value in this. Do you know that God makes you valuable? Because as the Scripture tells us in, in, in Genesis, we come from dust. What good is dust? How many of you love dust on cleaning day? Dust is a pain. 
right? Dust gets into everything. It drives you crazy. It clogs up things. It makes it so stuff doesn't work right. That's all it does. It has no value, no purpose. But because God formed you, because God breathed his life into you, because God says, this dust, this dust that I'm making into something amazing, I am giving it life. I am giving it purpose. And so when somebody asks you, what does that dunking underwater have to do with the holy things of God, I would say, if it's just dunking underwater, it's got nothing to do with it because we do that kind of stuff every day. But because God says it does, it does. Does that make sense? It's a simple act. And why am I explaining all this to you? Because I, I think sometimes we struggle to explain why this matters, why this is important, why this is a step that I really do believe every follower of Christ should take in their journey. I think it's important. Yes, it's one of many steps, but as we've said before, there's only one person in the New Testament who comes to know the Lord and does not take this step. And he's a thief hanging on a cross next to Jesus. He's probably not gonna be able to do that, but literally every other one does. So when somebody says to me, do I have to? I wanna say, why would you not want to? Because God says it's holy. <laughs> and if he says this is holy and this has value, then guess what? It does. So he continues throughout Scripture to use simple things to do incredible things. The, the Spirit of God himself is pumped into 12 men who spread the gospel across the globe. That's 12 people, 12 simple men, mostly fishermen, not college-educated, not rich, but because of the power of the Spirit of God, guess what? Incredible things happen. He can use something as simple as a rain to refresh us in a drought. I promise you it would be a miracle right now if in Australia it suddenly started raining buckets, right? In case you didn't know, most of Australia is on fire right now, or a huge chunk of it is. Did it start raining? I praise God, I hope so. I bet they were dancing in the rain, right? It's a beautiful thing. But rain's a simple thing. It's water falling out of the sky. But in a moment, in a time, in a place, it can be a miracle, right? So when placed in the service of God, simple things undertaken by simple people are endowed with righteous purpose and impact. They can make a difference if we're doing what God has asked us to do and if God has said it's holy. But I want to focus next on John. In, in verse 14, Jesus comes and John's desire is to stop him, right? We talked about that. I would fall to the ground and have a heart attack. Are you kidding me? You're stopped? No way I'm doing that. No way I'm doing that. He's confused. He's, he's, he doesn't understand why, why this would matter or why this would work or why he is what? Holy enough? Why he would be worthy of having this done? It's interesting to me that Peter echoes this same sentiment in John, right? Where Jesus says, look, I'm going to wash your feet today. Again, Something trivial, something they did every day. We don't wash our feet every time we come in a house, right? Or they did. That was part of what they did because you tracked dirt in the house. 
They wash their feet every day. It's a simple, mundane task that seems to mean nothing. But Jesus says, I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter says, Nuh-uh. You will never wash my feet, right? <laughs> you will never wash my feet. He says that to Jesus. And Peter said, Peter said, Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, your feet, you have no part of me. And he goes on to say, you, you don't know what I'm doing here. You don't yet understand what this is going to mean. Baptism is much the same way. I really do think that it's like a marriage. When you enter a marriage, you enter knowing some things, but not everything. Right? Do you know, did you know everything about your spouse when you got married? How many of you are now rethinking your life choices? I'm kidding. But you didn't. It's a journey. It's a path. It's a process. Baptism is the same way. You really don't understand everything it's going to mean to you and for you as you go through your life, but you should understand a few things about what it does mean. And so Peter, it's interesting to me, Peter who's walked with Jesus has the same response to Jesus. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not worthy of this. I, 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 no. And yet Jesus says, because this needs to happen, because my Father says it's holy, it is holy, and it needs to happen. What is he asking both John and Peter to do? Any guesses? Say again. Obey, serve, follow, submit, accept, trust, right? These are all things that, that, that God is saying, look, I'm, gonna, I'm asking you to do something that may seem silly, but because I'm asking you to do it, you have to trust it will matter. It will matter. How often does God ask you to do something that you're like, uh, this, this can't possibly make a difference. This can't possibly matter. This can't possibly do thing. And you know, you know when those things happen. You know if you really stop and think that you feel an urge, you feel an urging of the Holy Spirit to do something to make a difference. And then you think to yourself, but that's not going to make any difference. Why, why even bother? Why even bother? One extra phone call? Why even bother? A dollar to the guy on the side of the road? Why even bother? <laughs> Why bother? Because if the Spirit of God says it will make a difference, then guess what? It will make a difference. And so, yeah, he's asking them. He's asking them to set aside their own judgment, their own desires. He's asked John to set aside his own way of looking at the world and his own understanding of how things should work because it doesn't say this, but I'm pretty, pretty positive. Well, it does say this. John says, no, I'm not baptizing you. You need to baptize me, right? He says to the Lord, that's not how this is supposed to go. Do you ever say to God, that's not how this is supposed to go. Let me rewrite the script for you. And, 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 that's, and so Jesus is, is saying, no, 
No, in order to fulfill all righteousness, in order to do what needs to be done to follow the word of God, the desires of the Lord, this needs to happen. Honestly, whether John, who knows the Lord, who's known the Lord since birth, or Peter, who's walked with the Lord for years, thinks so or not. At the end of the day, if the Lord says it needs to be done, then it needs to be done. And that's really hard for us to get. That is really hard for us to understand because it involves those words of trust and obedience and submission and faith, right? It involves all of those things that I don't know about you, but I'm not readily willing to give out. Are you readily willing to give out submission to any authority in your life who just says, do this, do that? If you join the military, they have to break you of that first, right? Essentially, they break you of that first and rebuild it so you can understand how that works because we're not inherently wired to just do what we're told. Unless you are. How many in here are inherently wired to just do everything you're told? Because I got a whole list of things for you to do. (laughs) Nobody raised their hand? Chuck Campbell, you are not wired to do everything you're told. Well, that's, look, I understand that because she has broken you down and rebuilt you correctly. (laughs) That is what has happened, right? Huh? Huh? There is a lot of sermon material, and there's marriage counseling material in that, too. My goodness gracious. But, but Jesus has come along and said that, that, that yeah, I, I, I need you to do something you don't necessarily understand. I need you to, to understand that there is a difference between maybe what you think is the right thing to do and what is the righteous thing to do. And the difference is, which one is God calling you to? The problem with just right or wrong is that right and wrong are very subjective. We apply a lot of human interaction to that, right? My perspective on what's right and wrong with how we're handling immigration is probably different than somebody else's in the room. My perspective, even though we're all followers of Christ, right? My perspective on Let's say this word out loud. I can't believe I'm going to do this in church. Donald Trump. Look at that. Right? Just gives you, okay. We all have different perspectives on him, I would imagine. I would thank you not to bring those up in church, please. We are trying to be unified here, not have a throwdown. But we, have, we can have different perspectives on those things. We have different perspectives on whether or not he's right or he's wrong or this policy is right or it is wrong, or this decision is right or it's wrong. But Jesus is upping the bar saying the call is really not about right or wrong. It's really about whether or not it's righteous or unrighteous. And righteous would be, represents the will of God. Flows from God himself. Represents the perfection that is our Lord. That is righteousness. And that call is sometimes very different than we expect it to be. So 
Martin Luther says it this way. He says, this life, therefore, is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. It is not health, but healing, not being, but becoming, not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. Right? These are, these are wonderful words from an incredible theologian who, who loved the Lord and pursued him and challenged others around him to pursue him more greatly. Right? I think you could say that about Martin Luther. He was a pot stirrer. Right? If he felt like it was time about to pursue the righteousness of God, he would, he would stir the pot and say, we need to pursue that instead of what you claim to be right or wrong. But, but, but this fits so well with what Jesus is, is doing here. He is coming to John, who knows the Lord, who has walked in the Lord, and saying, there's another step we're going to take here. There's another step in the process of your growing and your understanding, or in Martin Luther's case, your healing or your becoming. You thought you knew everything you needed to know about me, but there's really more. There's really another step. There's really another level of understanding. There's really a greater connection to the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus says, I'm about to show you what that is, right? Because my call is not to worry about whether or not you think it's the right thing to do or not the right thing to do. My call is to approach and chase the things of God to fulfill all righteousness and to call you and to give you the opportunity to do the same. It's the same call that he places on all of us each and every day. And that, that call requires obedience. Requires obedience. It requires understanding that, that as 2 Corinthians 5 says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Knowing that we cannot get there of our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own volitions, our own earn. You can't earn it. You can't argue your way into heaven. Although some would try. You have to submit to the notion that God says, I have a different call, and that call is righteousness. And that call may ruffle your feathers. And that call, some of those calls may seem like they aren't going to make a difference. But if I'm calling you to it, it matters. It matters. Proverbs 12, 28 says it this way. It says, there is life in the path of righteousness, and in its path there is no death. These next steps that we've been talking about. Baptism is part of Jesus' journey. It's one of those steps that he's taking as he tries to not just approach life, he has eternal life, but to bring eternal life to us. To demonstrate that the power of God is upon him, that the, the Holy Spirit is with him, and that what we must be willing to do is submit to that. Submit to the idea that God will guide. Submit to the idea that, yes, His ways are greater than our ways. Submit to the notion that even if He says, even if we think it's silly to get in the water, that the water will make a difference because God has said it will make a difference. That requires a lot, does it not? 
because it requires me to throw, honestly, my own perceptions of what should or shouldn't be done out the window, of what is of value and what is not out the window, and trade it in for whose? God's. We're trading our perception of the world in for God's perception. We trade our will in for God's will. Hard. But so critical if we're going to come to know him. One of the folks being, I'm sorry, I'm going to narc on you, Johnny. One of the, Johnny's being one of the folks being baptized this morning, and he was sharing with us earlier this week that he's been, he's been a nervous wreck all week, Right? In fact, he says, what are you going to do if I have a heart attack? You're not having a heart attack. But I did promise him there was at least one EMT in the audience, and he's here today, so you're covered, okay? He's been a nervous wreck all week, and, and I said, you know, that's a good thing because that means you understand, right? You understand what God is asking. You understand that this isn't just a dip in the water, you understand that this is, a, this is a pledge that you're making before the Lord, before all of us, of submitting to His will, whatever that is, to being obedient to His call of righteousness on your life. And, and I, wanted, I feel like we needed to take this time to pause and work on this today because I don't want us to miss what this means. I don't want us to miss that God has said, look, I came and I died for you and I came and I'm cleansing you and this is what could be, it's a bath on any other day of the week. This day, this time, this place, because the spirit of God is here because he has called you to do it, it matters. And it is a powerful step in your journey with the Lord. There is something amazing about making a physical tangible public commitment to God that encourages your faith, empowers your faith, strengthens your faith. Most leadership trainers will tell you that if you have a problem hitting your goals, one of the best things to do is to announce your goal to others. Because whether we want to believe it or not, there is power in the influence of others. And there's also a, a further conviction. It's no wonder that Jesus has chosen to set this example for us to have, to be baptized, to be put underwater by, by somebody who it was, by his own admission, not worthy, right? In public, in front of everybody. This man who's going to go on to, to, to heal people, right? Physically heal people to change the world, to bring a message of life, starts his ministry by submitting to God. Starts all of the, this, all, this whole chain starts by him saying, I am giving all of who I am to you. I will do your will in this time and this place. I will submit myself to you. That's where it all begins. And I got to tell you, as, as believers, as followers of Christ, that's where it all begins for us, is knowing and submitting to Him. And I don't use that word submit a lot because I don't know about you, but it makes most people kind of, their feathers ruffle, right? But it's true. 
There are a number of people I've met over the course of my life that that is really their biggest obstacle. They understand God. They get it. Deep down inside, they know, but they just won't submit to it. It's hard to have the access to, to our Holy Spirit, to eternal life, to the Lord himself without first submitting to what he's calling you to. In fact, I would say it's borderline impossible. Jesus does say he's the, the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So in verse 15b, John's reaction, right? John immediately, it doesn't say John thought about it for a minute. John considered it. John said, let me consider your idea. Here's what John said. When, John, when as soon as Jesus said, we have to do this right now, allow it for right now to fulfill all righteousness, John goes, right? Then if you said, let's do this, it doesn't make any sense to me, but let's do it, Right? Because Jesus said it made sense. This needs to happen. John's reaction is amazing. It is the reaction that I hope we would all have. Peter does the same thing in John chapter 13, right? Remember we said he, he was going, Jesus, why are you washing my feet? Well, he turns around and, and once Jesus says, you gotta do this or you're not gonna have any part of me, he, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Don't stop at the dirty feet. If this is your will and this is what needs to happen in order for me to come to know you better, then you you do what you want to do. Take it to town. Do not stop, right? If that's not submission, I don't know what is, right? He says, and Jesus told him, I don't need to wash anything except your feet. But if you let me do this little thing, just this little part, submit to that and you will be completely clean. Again, simple task, doesn't seem like much, but to be completely clean, there's God again saying this matters and this will make a difference. And maybe you should kick it around. Well, you shouldn't just kick it around. You should do it. But I, I think what I, 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 as I, as I kind of alluded to before, Jesus is, this, this act that Jesus is, is undertaking of being baptized, it, it really is an example for us on, on even his need to submit to the will of the Father. In verses 16 and 17, it says when, of our text today, it says when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water and the heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. There's this this public, he's telling the whole free world, this is my Son, this is the child of God, this is the person you've been waiting on, this is the source of life, and he is submitting to what I'm calling him to, And, and but that's a powerful public witness, but I really also think If you read Mark's version of this, in Mark chapter 1, listen for some differences in the wording here. It says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized in the Jordan by John. And as soon as he came up out of the water, it sounds familiar, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, and with you I am well pleased. Did you notice a difference? 
It's in the last sentence. In Matthew's version, it says, this public proclamation, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He's telling the world, this is my son. But can you understand what he's saying here? He says, in Mark's version, he says to Jesus, the father says to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you ever ponder the idea that maybe Jesus needed to have that affirmation too? I I really do believe that when, when you take that step of baptism, when you make that choice, when you come out of the water, that the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you are my son or daughter, and in you I am well pleased. All because you are willing to submit to something so simple, and yet because God said so, so righteous. Do you get the gravity of this? I don't want you to overlook it. And it is really critical that when somebody takes this step, number one, they know the step they're taking. And number two, we celebrate the living daylights out of it. Because that is a person who has said, I am willing to publicly declare, Lord, you are my savior and I am submitting my will to you. That is a person who has taken on the armor of God on yet another level, yet another step in their journey, and that is someone who is, who literally has God staying to them right now in this moment, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Should we not rejoice in heaven with the angels? Okay. So, I think that brings us to it. So what we're gonna do now is we are going to have uh, a, our couple here get ready to be baptized. They're gonna go to the back and during that time, I'm going to, while they're changing, I'm gonna read off the church's prayer list for the day. And then I'm gonna climb over the wall, I'm kidding. And then, <laughs> and then I'm gonna pull off my electronics, right? Because that'll make him happy. And my shoes, and I'm gonna walk around the corner and go get in the water, okay? And then after that, while they're changing back, we're gonna start some singing because this is a thing we should be singing for. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so as we get started, yep, come on. Peg's like, is it my turn? Yep, you should come up. I'm gonna read off some prayers. Johnny and Dreama, come on. Yep. Their son, uh, would like to be really close to watch this, right? No, you guys are going to the back. Go change. Go change. So he's gonna, they're going to be up front. Are you taking pictures? You should. You should totally video this. So as they're getting ready, let's read some of our family prayers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer here on some of our challenges and difficulties. Uh, it's not on the list yet, but um, Deb, Keith Reefstalls went back to the ER this morning. I know, and, and uh, he should be almost to OSU by now. Not a horrible thing. Uh, he is still singing the praises of God, uh, but they believe he probably will be there for a few days while they um, take some water off him. 
um, and kind of reduce his swelling a little bit and that hopefully he will be back home, okay? Deb thinks it's because they were feeding him too much sodium. She's like, I'll fix this, right? Because that's Deb. But if you would pray for him, he is, that man is a walking miracle. He is a walking miracle. And if you have 30 seconds to talk to him, he will tell you who his God is and how miraculous his God is, right? All right. Dwight Skidmore has asked for prayers for the family of Rodney Miller. Um, Dwight's uh, hired man, right? Uh, his brother uh, passed away. Uh, Barb Culp has asked for prayers for Richard Armstrong, who's uh, due for major surgery. Barb was also in the hospital this week with the flu. How are you feeling? Good enough that you're here. Okay. Good enough that you were talk about daily bread, right? Nothing's going to stop you from doing that. It's a beautiful thing. Holly had a, a, a couple of tragedies this, this week, both young Daryl and old, old Daryl, right? Two members of her family uh, passed, this, passed away this week. Um, so if you have a chance, give Holly a hug. Remind her that she is loved, that they are loved. Uh, Johnny and Dreema, uh, Johnny's sister-in-law, Dreema's sister, is actually having a baby this morning as we speak. Um, her mom was supposed to be here, and she's like, I can't come. Your sister's having a baby. I feel like that's a good reason, right? That's a miracle glory of God. So, so amazing. Shirley T. has asked us for to continue to pray for WRE for the details uh, of, the, of what's coming up and what's going to continue to be worked out. Um, I was talking to Rob earlier this week. God's doing some amazing things. God is working really hard with WRE, and um, I think you're going to be blown away by what he makes happen. So continue to pray. Do not let that go. Melanie Easton has a couple of prayers. Uh, her great-niece, uh, Randy, she's 33 years old, is in the last hours of her life from metastatic breast cancer. We pray that you will pray for her and for her family to have peace and strength in this difficult time. Um, and then Melanie's sister, Anne, is also battling breast cancer right now. So that we, we ask that you would lift them up in prayers as well. Are there any other prayers? Anything else? Yes, Kim. Yep. Okay. And yesterday she had emergency surgery and had part of her um, small intestine removed because she had gangrene. Oh my goodness. Okay. They said it was caused from the sept being septic. Being septic. Okay. And remind me of the name again. Peggy Geist. Okay. Not good. She's at St. Anne's, needs a ton, a ton, a ton of prayer. Yes. Youth, the associate pastor search. Yeah. Please keep that in your prayers. We've been praying about it all month. If you haven't gotten a. Uh, a packet or haven't signed up on the app, it's not too late. You can still start now. It'll still count <laughs> if you still pray. Yes. Okay. Okay. Molly's going to Children's this week to see a surgeon. We pray for healing and, and for it like that, right? Yes. Still pray for the troops. Absolutely. We will absolutely pray for the troops, especially now especially after the actions, what's going on in the Middle East right now. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. For Bill, how's he doing? How was their trip? Well, good. All right. Well, let's continue to pray for his, his nerves to heal up, right? Him to get all his strength and mobility back, right? That's what we want with no pain, right? That's the goal, right? 
Any other prayers? Um, Mark. I just went to the doctor uh, Friday, and uh, normal white blood cell count is two, four, eleven thousand. Mine's twenty thousand. Okay. So they did several. I haven't heard anything back, but they're doing several blood tests by now. Okay. So Mark's white count is about double what it should be. Um, his white cell blood count. So. We don't know yet, but we can pray, right? We can pray that God will do amazing things and make it nothing. Maybe you just need to stop eating fish. I don't know. But God could do amazing things. Yes. One thing about their trip, they showed a picture. It said on the oven, not to put no bears in the oven. Don't put any bears in the oven? I will try not to put bears in an oven. I feel like that's good advice. My granddaughter says, well, one won't fit. That's true. One will not fit. Unless any of you have, can tell me otherwise. Have you ever put a bear in the oven? Okay. I feel like, you know, I have a theory, real quick. I have a theory that people put up signs because somebody's tried something. Right? And it leaves me wondering, who tried to put a bear in the oven? That you had... Okay. All right. Are there any other prayers today? Anything else? Yes. I've been helping him through. He, he deals with PTSD, depression, stuff like that. He's getting better. Okay. Um, so continue to pray for Stephen to improve and grow, right? Yeah. And get better. He calls our conversations on the phone free therapy. I'm like, I am not licensed. I do not want it. Oh, I know that. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. Keep continue to continue to bless him. Thank you for doing that. Any others today? All right. You ready to see some people get wet? All right. Let's do it.